today? Yes. Yeah, it looks like we're missing a few people, but they're probably on the road. You know, some people. They, but we're having church here all week, too, so don't forget we're having, uh, it's going to be simulcast right here in uh, Branson, so you can come every night and watch it. Amen? Amen. And how many are excited? We're getting ready for the Branson Victory Campaign again. Right? That's, that's coming right up. You know, uh, working in the ministry, you go from meeting to meeting. You guys notice that as, ser- as serving and volunteering? Your, your, wor- your year goes from meeting to meeting to meeting. And uh, so uh, we're going from Greater Faith Conference to Branson Victory Campaign to Celebration Sunday to whatever else the Lord leads. Amen? Amen. God's been good to us, hasn't He? Well, let's hook our faith today over the message. It's not to, not me we want to hear, it's God, right? So let's hook our faith today. Hook with me. Father God, we, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your goodness and Your love in our lives, Lord. And we ask today for utterance, revelation, and an anointing in, in, over Your Word. And as I speak, Lord, that it not be the words of man, but it be the very words of God, that it would go into our hearts. We would receive it in the good soil of our hearts, that it would produce a fruit, Lord, a good fruit that others might see and know You better. Lord, we thank You for everything that You will do and are doing in our lives and through this message. And we give You the glory in advance for the good things that we're about to experience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, open your Bibles to Romans 12. You know, I was uh, um, looking at this today and I was thinking about the the ministry as a whole when I began uh, working with the Moors. Um, you will go through a, a mind-renewing process because you don't get asked to do things that you can do. <laughs> you, uh, you get asked to do things that God says do. And your mind says, well, there's no way. That's when it's time for your mind to be renewed. You know, so many people are, are built up that if their head says you can't, then you can't. Well, guess what? Your head is not the boss of you. Right? Remember when you were a little kid and you said, you ain't the boss of me? <laughs> huh? When your, little, when your big brother or your big sister or somebody or some kid on the playground said, you do this, and you said, you ain't the boss of me? Well, your mind ain't the boss of you. Amen? And our minds are not the boss of us. However, they are important or God would not have asked us to renew them. You know, so many people say, you know, just get your head out of it. No, you don't get your head out of it. You get your head in it under the control of your heart. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Where your faith is. Right? Your faith is in your heart. Your love comes from your heart. You know, the world, they can't think like God thinks. You know, that's why there is a Big Bang Theory. <laughs> right? Because they couldn't wrap their head around God. And they're trying to wrap their head around God. You can't wrap your head around God. And so they thought and they thought and they said, well, you know, that just can't be. that." Okay, Big Bang. Let's just come up with a new theory. Big Bang's how it happened. That's just the way it is. Because they're trying to wrap this natural head around a supernatural God who spoke the world into existence. And it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. Right? By, by faith we understand that He did it and He spoke and that the things that we see were made out of things that you can't see. <laughs> Isn't that what it says? 
Now wrap your head around that. In Hebrews, it says the things that we see were made out of things that don't appear. And the scientist thought about it for a second. He said, boom, his brain exploded. And he said, there it is. Big Bang Theory. Why? Because his brain couldn't handle it. Why? Because faith doesn't have anything to do with your mind. You can't, you don't, it's, it's not mental ascension. You don't mentally think something until you receive it. You believe it and you make your mind obedient to your heart. Glory to God. Renewing your mind is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Because we're, we're too taught to be head-led. To be, you know, in the world, everybody's taught hot stove don't touch. Right? Which is a good thing. But if it's the only thing you'll ever touch, you, you ever hurt here, you'll never go near the stove again. You've got to get an understanding that the stove's a good thing. What if you ate food and it burns your mouth one time? You say, well, I'm never doing that again. You can obviously see I didn't do that. <laughs> Why? Because I learned that food's good. And in my heart, I know it's good. And so I say, head, I don't care what you think, you're going to eat that. <laughs> Glory to God. But, but we can train our mind to be a huge part. God says renew it because it's important. Because a renewed mind, a mind controlled by the Spirit, is a powerful thing. It's, it's a help to you. Amen? And so God said, let's read what He said. He said in Romans 1, 12, verse 1, He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. You never know, notice they always have to throw some of God's love in there. Because that's how everything works. So He, said, he, says, he says, I'm telling you this. By the mercy of God. By the love of God. In other words, I'm not just telling you this. I want you to get it. Because you're not going to get it without the love. It's not coming to you unless it comes through love. Everything that comes from God comes through love to you. And if it does not, then you ain't get it. That's why it said what Brother Moore was talking about Friday night. Speaking the truth in love. It doesn't matter how much truth you speak. Without love, it makes no difference. It will mean nothing. And so Paul writes and he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that's the, that's the love of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The NIV says it's your reasonable act of worship, presenting yourself, presenting your body. Why is he talking about that? Because your flesh doesn't want to do what your heart knows to do. How many, how many have, have wanted to do the right thing in your heart but your flesh hated it. Huh? But you knew what was right. And it wasn't just that it was right, it's that you wanted to do it. But your flesh, no. It don't want to do it. It wants to do things the way it wants to do things. And you've got to bring it under control. And, and he says this is an act of worship to bring your body under control of your spirit. It's an act of worship. <laughs> Okay, Branson Victory campaign's coming up. The night after it's over, I already know we're going to be here really late or early, if you will. My flesh already says, I don't like that. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not doing it because the Moore said that's just the way it is. 
I'm doing it because it's a good thing. The Branson Victory Campaign is valuable. It helps people. It it spreads the word. And if if my flesh is inconvenienced a little bit because of it, that's exactly right. That's okay. And my flesh just has to get over it. Amen. And 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 it's not it's not like you got to do it every day of the week. You got to do it once a year. Well, guess what? My flesh don't like it once a year. <laughs> it likes to get sleep. <laughs> but my reasonable act of worship, my heart says this is a good thing. This is a good thing. And you know, when it's all said and done, I'm like, thank you, Lord, that you that you let me be a part. Thank you, Lord that you let me be a part. But I can tell you right now, from the first Branson Victory campaign till now, my mind has been renewed and renewed and renewed, and I'll probably get some more renewal this year. <laughs> right? Because I'm, going to let, I'm not going to let my mind determine how I act. Right? Or what I do. And, and Paul says, don't let it. He said, let it be your act of worship not to let it. And then in the next verse, he said, don't be conformed like the world. He said, don't be conformed to this world. Why? Because the world thinks this way. Well, sure, it's a meeting, but 3 a.m.? I don't think so. i got to get my sleep. i got to have beauty sleep. i got work the next day. I, I can't be doing those kind of crazy things. I ain't 12 years old anymore. This ain't a slumber party. Your mind can talk you out of everything. Right? What? Believe God for that? No, you got to work hard. You can't just believe God. You believe God and work hard and you'll have more than you ever knew. Our mind cannot be the deciding factor on how we act. Amen? He said, don't be conformed. Don't be like the world. They judge everything by what they see, feel, taste, touch, or hear. That's how they judge it. That's not how God judges anything. When He walked out, He saw nothing. So He changed it and said, Light be. Right? That's, and He is our example of how we do things. When we walk into something and we see a circumstance or situation that does not fit with the love of God or the, or, or the, or the Word of God, we don't say, Wow, that Word must be messed up because I see it this way. <laughs> the word's not wrong. The word is right. The word has power. The word, that's why God said, light be. He didn't just look out and think, well, I wish there was light. Wouldn't it be neat if we had light? Wow. I hope someday we have light. <laughs> that's called mind. And it ain't going anywhere. But God's mind is completely under control of His heart. Under Anybody says, what? God's mind? God has a mind. You're created in His image. If you got a mind, He's got a mind. Amen? And He is completely controlled. He is in control of everything He does. And He knows everything He does is going to work out. I know I've told this before. I was driving to work one day years ago, and I thought, well, I haven't talked to God in a while. God, how are you doing? Everything going good? And he said, sure is. He said, everything I'm doing is going to work out. He said it something like that. I'm like, you're right, God, it is. 
Everything you're doing is coming to pass. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> and you know, that's how we should be though. Everything we're doing. And, and he says, don't be conformed to the world. The world has a failure ratio. The world might, ha- might be good, might be bad. We don't know how it's going to be today. He says, don't be conformed to that. You got my word. It's going to be good. That's why we're born again. Remember we talked about Nick at night last time I was here? Nicodemus came to Jesus and Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't understand. You can't see the kingdom of God. You don't know how God works. You've got to be born again of Him. Right? And that's the same thing He said about the rich young ruler who we've been talking about. The rich young ruler came and said, what can I do? And He said, and Jesus told him, He said, well, I... You know, I've done all the all this. I was I honored my father and mother, did the Ten Commandments. And Jesus said, sell all you have and be a giver. Be a giver and follow me. He couldn't understand that. Jesus told the disciples afterwards, he said, how hard it is for, for, for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. What's he saying? He's not saying for them to get into heaven because they can't get into heaven because they can't understand the goodness of God. And it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. And he said, they can't, it's how hard it is. And the disciples go, oh, wonder why they were so amazed. Why, if they were all poor, why did they care? They should have said, thank God I'm poor because I'll be able to understand. But they were all amazed and said, well, then who can get in? right and Jesus said Jesus said it again he said it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle and I know that has something to do with a gate and all this stuff but you know what I don't know how you get a camel through the eye of a needle huh but then God says because he's not conformed to the world he, he has a renewed mind he said But with God, he said, with man, (laughs) lots of things aren't possible. But with God, all things are possible. But that's what a renewed mind has to believe. In other words, I can fit a camel through the eye of that needle. That's why you have to renew your mind. Because we're coming up. We're not going down. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. We're not shrinking. All things are possible to us. I don't care how much money you got. You can enter into the kingdom of God. Because all things are possible with God. In fact is, it's probably more fun to do it with money if you put it in the right place. (laughs) There he goes talking about money. God ain't scared of you having money. God ain't scared of nothing. Scared, that's a good kid word. I ain't scared of you. He's just afraid of money having you. He's not afraid of anything. He will not let money have you. He don't care if you gain the whole world and lose your He's not going to let you lose your soul. You're not going to gain the whole world and lose your soul. Amen? But if you can gain the whole world and have your soul, glory to God, have it all. He's a have-it-all God. Thank you, Lord. He said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Become something more than you were. Right? 
He's not, you know, a lot of people say transform. I got to be something totally different. No, he took the parts within you and made them something else. Right? What's a butterfly? It's transformed from a caterpillar. Everything was in that caterpillar to make a butterfly. Right? Right? What, what is it? Maximus Prime? Transformers? You guys watch the Transformers? Come on. Come on. Everybody that watches Transformers, let me know. Okay, because we're talking about Transformers right now. And if they want to become a car or a truck, they can do it. Amen? I'm not just talking about the movie, I'm talking about the cartoon. That's the good stuff. That was better than the movie. Amen? And they... Why were they called transformers? Because they could be a robot in one minute and a diesel truck in the next. They're transformed. What do they need to be right now? As a Christian, what do you need to be right now? You need to be somebody sitting in church. But later, you're going to need to be somebody else. Don't think because somebody's the way they are in church, they're going to walk out and be that way in the world and win people to Christ. We're transformers. We become all things to all people so that by all means we might win some. Amen? We're transformers. And it says, be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. you got to start thinking different. You can't think religiously and love people. Why? Because you're going to do everything out of a religious reason rather than a love reason. Right? So we don't do things religiously. We do things lovingly through the Spirit of God. And he said, renew your mind to think the way I think in all circumstances. So what you're thinking today in church is a good thing. But later on, you're going to be in a restaurant. How are you going to need to think? You know, you don't look around in church a lot and sit and say, scum. Those people there, worst kind. Whew. Hell in a hand basket. In church, you don't think that way. You get in a restaurant today and the two people behind you have cuss words in every other word. And you, you, you're, you're, your judgmental mind becomes, gets, gets coming up. You say, oh, oh. I cannot believe they set me here. Oh, I am appalled. Do you hear them? And there's women and kids around. Why are you appalled? They're in the world. Why are you surprised you sat there? God set you there. And He said, renew your mind. Find a way to love them. Find a way to be what they need right now. Transform. You were Joe Christian sitting on the front row at church. Now you're Joe Christian sitting in the restaurant. Transform into who you need to be to love them. It's easy to love these people. They're loving you back. <laughs> wow, I didn't think this would go this way. God's good, isn't He? I never know. I just put some scriptures on a page and say, okay, God. 
<laughs> and He always shows up. <laughs> be transformed. Who needs you? What do you need to be? Be transformed. Renewing. Why does He say renewing? Because it's not going to stop. Right? You can't say, oh, I'm renewed. No, you're in renewal. There are so many things today that I do differently than I did last year. And, they, and I mean, if you, could, if you could see me, well, you guys, some of you know me from 10 years ago. You're like, man, that Dave, he's definitely a diesel truck when he was a robot. He's been a sports car sometimes. What did God need you to be right now? Where do you need to go? Huh? He's made you to be all these things. But you've got to renew your mind to be them. Right? Think about, what is it, Numbers 13 at the very end of the chapter. The, the children of Israel had been to the land. What is it, verse? Don't want you guys to think I don't have verses. Huh? Uh, 1333. They'd been to the land spying it out. You know, 12 of them. Two of them had renewed minds. Huh? Right? Why? They saw the same thing. Two of them saw it like God saw it. That's a renewed mind. Ten of them. In verse 33, they said, after they'd gotten through with all the rest of their whole spiel, you know. There's giants there. The walls are fortified. We can't, we can't. And besides that, we can't. And, and you know we can't. And after that, we won't be able to because we can't. <laughs> of course you can't. And, and, and because of an unrenewed mind, this is who they were. Right? They were conformed to what the world thought of them. Why? Because this is a giant and this is you. You can't win. And they said, we, we saw the giants and the son of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight. What did he say? In our own sight. What we saw, we judged with our mind, and we saw ourselves as not valuable, little and weak, and unable. Does that sound like anything God has made us to be? Oh, no. Was any of those words in what God made you to be? No. No. But because that's how they saw themselves, that's how the world saw them. Now, if you walk out of here and you go to some place and you begin to judge, that means you now see yourself as a judge. Guess how the world now sees you? As a judge. And they want nothing to do with you and do not want to be around you. Why? Because they don't want to be judged because they already know who they are and they don't need to be judged. <laughs> That's exactly what they need. They need to be loved. That's what God did. He loved them. While they're talking about Him, while they were cussing at the table next to Him, He went to their, Jesus went to their house and had dinner with them while they were cussing. <laughs> oh, they were cussing? Cussing? Oh, my. 
You know what? A Christian walking out of love is way more appalling than cussing. A judgmental Christian is way more awfuler. Awfuler, is that a word? Awfuler. I've seen myself do it. And you step back and you go, Oh, was that me? And then you go ask forgiveness for yourself because they don't, they, you didn't help them. It's not, a, it's not why we're here. <laughs> Glory to God. If we see ourselves like grasshoppers, we're grasshoppers. If we see ourselves as the judge... That's how everybody else sees us. Be transformed. Don't conform to the world. They're judging one another. Do you, do you get that? Do you see the news and these people are talking bad about this person who's just like them? Yeah. What? Just like them. Without Jesus, without hope, and in the world. Yeah. Come on. That's just like them. They don't need us to judge them. They need us to show them the love of God, the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the truth of God. And when they see this, then they can come in. Amen? And when you be who you are, think about these guys. They saw giants and they became grasshoppers. Now let's think about David. David had a renewed mind. He saw giants and he saw a head coming off. He saw giants and he saw somebody standing against the Most High God. He saw giants. He didn't see David. He's a little bitty guy. And Goliath, man, ten foot tall. I can't do this. What was I thinking? He didn't even... His situation was impossible. He had a rock and a sling. But all things are possible to him who believes. Right? What do they say? It's not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. There was a lot of fight in that dog. Amen? And he didn't see himself down here and Goliath up here. He saw himself transformed into the man of God that God said he was. He said, I beat a lion. I beat a bear. You ain't nobody. And he became who he knew he was in his heart because he didn't allow his mind to judge the situation. He made his mind become a servant of his heart. Amen? And he whipped the giant. Glory to God. Two different stories of giants. One won, one was a grasshopper. We can be who God's made us to be in every situation that we go into. He says, don't be conformed to the world. Don't think like them. Don't see yourself the way the world sees themselves. Don't see the situations the way they see the situations. And most certainly, don't judge God the way they judge God. People say, oh, I'd never do that. But you've got thousands of people blaming God for bad things. People in church. They didn't they conformed to the world. They took the world what the world believes and made it their belief rather than the word of God. 
No transformation there. <laughs> right? Because God's a good God. It doesn't matter if bad things are happening. You don't find Scripture to find out why the bad thing is happening and why God did it. People take bad experiences and then they say, I better read about Job. Because me and Job, two peas in a pod, two birds in a mule's tail. Me and Job. Me and Job, God is punishing us. He has allowed the devil to run rampant in our lives. That's the, that God says He'll do that in Job. No. An unrenewed mind just read Job, and an unrenewed mind can't read Job. Because they're not renewed in the spirit of His love. you got to understand the love of God before you can understand Job. People are trying to reconcile the Word that way. You can't do it. You can't say God's mean, God's not mean, God's mean, God's not mean. He doesn't transform into mean. <clears throat> Ever. He's a good God doing good things. And we, we with renewed minds can read His Word and see Him. Because born-again people can understand the kingdom of God. Amen? People who have made their minds servant to them rather than being a servant of their mind can understand the kingdom of God. And when they read something that they don't understand, they don't say, well, see, it says right there, He'll make you blind if you don't do it right. We've got people that take Scriptures out and tell you that. God's a healer. God's a good God. If we can't explain something, quit trying to take religious tradition and explain it. Just because it ain't happening in your life don't mean you're having God's will. That's why He says to renew your mind. That's why He says be transformed. Why? Because I want you to be able to prove I want, I want you to be able to see. Why is he saying this? Because with an unrenewed mind, you can't know my good, acceptable, and perfect will. Without an unrenewed mind, you can't see it. And he's saying, I want you to see it. He said, I want you to be transformed to know my will. The, king, the, the NIV says, he says, uh, he says um, where is the NIV? The good, pleasing, and perfect will. I like that. Good and pleasing. What's that mean? That means there'd be some faith involved. Right? Renewing your mind is going to take some faith. You think David stood, up, stood, stood right there by Goliath without some faith? <laughs> no. By faith, he saw things that didn't appear. Right. Huh? By faith, he saw himself bigger than the giant. Glory to God. You know, a lot of times we'll walk into a situation and we'll say, you know, I don't think I could have done anything in that. I, I, you know what? Renew your mind. God will make a way. He puts you there. He'll make a way. So all oh, those people wouldn't listen to me. Yeah, but they'd listen to God through you. There may be a time to keep your mouth shut, but sometimes we keep our mouth shut too much. 
And I'm not saying reprove them for cussing. Look for an opportunity. An opportunity. God will open a door just long enough for you to slip in some love. Amen. And you may not be the one that leads them to salvation, but you took a step. You, 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 you helped them get one step closer. You don't have to be the one that prays the prayer, but be the one that helps them one step closer. Don't be the one that says, Cousin, jerk two steps down. Man, you were so close to getting saved, too. Shame on you. Your punishment is two steps down. Isn't that the way some of y'all felt when you weren't living right and weren't, weren't saved? Every time you saw a Christian, all they wanted to do is jerk you backwards and jerk the slack. I'll jerk the slack out of them. Man, they couldn't have jerked the slack out of me. I had so much slack, they could have jerked for three days and I wouldn't even have known. They'd have still been pulling rope. Man, I was going to jerk the slack out of him. That dude, whoo, he ain't even near the stairway. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Why do we want to be transformed? Why do we not want to? So that we know His will. So when we see a situation and we see a circumstance, we don't say, God, they're just going to hell. No, we look at a situation, we look at the circumstances, and we see it like He sees it. Sheep without a shepherd. People who need to know the love of God. Somebody hurt them. What happened in their life today? What, what went on in their house before they left for work? You know, it's not time to say, boy, you're crabby. I'm staying away from you today. Man, if they're crabby, get closer to them. Before you know it, you might make them smile. And that may be the only thing God wanted you to do, is make them smile. Why? Because it's a door. He's just looking for a door. Can you be a door opener? Transform. You can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can be in church right now. Later on, be a, be a doorkeeper. Why? Wow, we can transform. Right. right? We become all things to all people so that by, by all means we might win some. Hallelujah. And the ones we don't win, somebody else can. Yeah. If we all win some, maybe we'll win them all. Well, the Bible says not all men will receive. That, that's not what I'm going to believe. <laughs> Which one do you guys want to point out? He will not believe. Send him out. Him out. That's not my job's not to judge who will and won't believe. My job is to preach the gospel in season and out. <laughs> I love the Lord. Don't you love him? Man, he's been so kind to me. And I know He's that kind to everyone. And I want them to know how kind He is. So when I transform from unkind to kind, I'm not doing it to make them look at me better. I'm doing it so they can see the kindness of God. When I decide to walk in love, I'm not doing it so they think, oh, that day, man, he, look at him. He's a man of love. No, he's a man that God is working on and, and got to use today. 
<laughs> well, they say that, I might step back too. <laughs> but can he use me to love somebody? Please use me to love somebody. <laughs> Renew your mind so that you may prove and know what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And then he, then he says, you know, you, you always wonder why verse 3 follows verse 2, but now you know. Now you know because we're apt to think more of ourselves than we should. People are apt to think more of themselves than they should. It says, for I say this by the grace. Paul immediately goes to the grace of God. He said, I'm not saying this because I'm great. I'm saying this through the grace given to me. Right? And, and so many times Christians walk up and they, they act like they've gotten something because of who they are. When you do that, high-minded. And somebody down here in the low-mind rent, rent area, he can't hear you. Because you're high-minded. You didn't do anything. You did nothing. What you did was say, Jesus, be my Lord because I need you. The same thing they're going to do when they hear about the grace of God. And Paul said, I'm not saying this because I'm Paul. I'm saying this because of the grace given to me to every man that is among you. Don't think more highly. Don't think more highly than you ought to think. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. You know, you got Christians all over the place. Somebody, they see somebody that's sick or, or something happened bad in their life and they go, boy, I wonder what they did. <laughs> wonder what you did. Should you be with them? That's not why that happened. You don't know that. Why would you judge that? Jesus didn't walk around when He came up to people that were sick and hurting and say, well, let me think, why are you sick and hurting? I don't ever remember Him walking up to somebody and say, why are you this way? What did you do that made God do this to you? That's really what you're asking. That's, that is what you're saying when you accuse somebody of, of doing bad things because of the bad things happening in their life. <laughs> well, I got quiet. Guess what? God doesn't cause bad things to happen. Now, if you're on a road where God ain't and something bad happens, He wasn't there. It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into. Not run out of. You run out of the tower. But that may not be it. You don't know. You don't know, and it's not your job to judge. It's your job to love. Yes. Amen? If something bad is going on in somebody's life, don't, don't, sit, don't sit down and try to counsel and find out why it's going on. Sit down and let them know why it doesn't have to. Let them know, transform into who God made you to be. A lover. A kind and compassionate person, just like Jesus. And you come to them and you help them and you build them up. That's why she says, he said, don't think more highly of yourself. Why? Knowledge puffs up. It doesn't matter what you know. If you're just talking so people will know what, to, to hear what you know, then you need to shut up. Because it isn't going to make a difference. It will have zero value. 
Right? That's why I'm so glad that when I stand up here, God takes over because it doesn't show what I know. It shows what He knows. Because I don't know any of this. People say, you don't know. I'm teaching it right now and I'm hearing it and it's really good. (laughs) And by the grace of God, I'm going to apply it to my life. Amen. Amen. Amen? We know in part... I knew a little bit, but not nearly what he's putting out today. Glory to God. He said, he said don't, don't think more highly of yourself. Glory to God. A lot of people think more highly of themselves the other way. They say, well, I don't know why God can't heal me. <laughs> you're thinking way too highly of yourself. God can't heal you. You're thinking you're above healing. That's a con game anyway, isn't it? Are you trying to con God? I don't know why God can't heal me. He can heal me, God. I, I've done everything. Had my faith out there for year, 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 nigh on 20 years now. God can't heal me. Can you heal me, God? Come on, God. Throw it on me. I'm talking bad about you. You better hit me. <laughs> high-minded's not just a high-minded, is it? Low-minded people can be high-minded. Have you ever heard people say, well, I'm poor, but I'm proud. That's high-minded right there. <laughs> That's a real high-minded. You're just okay with being poor and proud. <laughs> okay, I'll shut up. I won't go there. We'll go somewhere else. We'll go to a happy place. Happy place. You want to go to a happy place? Or we'll go to a happy place. We are in control of our mind. Spiritual people are in control. Why, why do you think he said, was it, was it uh, word, um, Galatians where he said, uh, if somebody's caught in a fall? Is that Galatians or Ephesians? You who are spiritual should restore them. How should you restore them? Gentleness and meekness. Right? Why, why do you think he said that? Because your mind isn't always wanting to do it that way, is it? How many of you have had kids? And they did something wrong. Did your mind want to immediately go to them in gentleness and meekness? <laughs> you know what? It'll take some gentleness and some meekness before they can hear the correction. You start right off with correction, <laughs> they may not ever hear a word you say. Right? <laughs> wow. I'll find a verse in here you like somewhere. (laughs) Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8. Glory to God. God's good, isn't He? Romans 8 and verse 5, it says, Those who live... I'm going to read it in the NIV. The King James says the carnal mind is enmity against God. Right? The NIV says those who live according to their sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. Lord, is it? What what they have their minds set? Something's set in your mind. It's either your flesh or the Spirit. A mind that the flesh sets is a mind that's been set by circumstances, by feelings. Amen? Verse 6. The mind of a sinful man is death, 
Now, now notice there's two different things here. It says the mind of the sinful man is death, but a mind controlled. You see, the mind of a sinful man doesn't use the word controlled. Why? There's no control. You're being controlled by your mind. Your mind is not being controlled. That's when people say, oh, I just couldn't stop myself. <laughs> of course you couldn't. Because your mind now, your fleshly mind was now controlling you. How many have ever not been able to stop themselves? <laughs> but you could control your mind. It says, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. We have control. That's why we can be renewed. We have control. Your mind doesn't want to be renewed. It doesn't want... How many know people like don't like change? Right? I remember when we, when we moved from the church over there to this church. I was like, well, I don't know why I need to move. we got a good church over there. I like the church over there. Why? I was comfortable. We don't like change. Your flesh doesn't like change. You, okay, my flesh doesn't like change. You guys are great at it. I just think it's wonderful how good you guys are at change. <laughs> yeah, sit in a seat that's not where you normally sit. Ooh. Well, I always sit right here. You know, that's how I know people a lot of times. Where they sit. It's kind of nice, actually. <laughs> but we are creatures of comfort. We get in a comfort zone and we don't want to get out. And God says, Con- control your mind and, you'll, and, and control it with your spirit. So at times, there's a, there might be a time where you walk in somewhere and God says, no, don't do that. Go over here. And you're like, well, God, I always do this. You say, yeah, but I told you to do this. But God, I told, your, your mind is now arguing with your spirit. One of them's going to win. Which one? Right? And it may be that he wanted you to sit over there because the people behind you were going to cuss and you were going to stand up and, and love them. <laughs> right? He'll put you in the place where you can be the most help. He's giving you opportunities to love people all the time. He said, he said, I want you to love people. He said, I want you to control. This is in the same, this is in the same book where he's talking about renewing your mind. It came, it's, in, it's in chapters before it, right? And later on he says, renew that mind. What? To think like the Spirit. To follow the Spirit. To follow the leadings and the unctions of the Lord. Amen? Because it's life and it's peace. And you say, yeah, I need life and peace. No, it's not life and peace just to you. It's life and peace. See, that's where, that's where you have to renew your mind again. You don't want to just read a verse and say, oh, yeah, life and peace. I like that in my life. No, he's putting it in your life for other people. <laughs> Everything God gives you is for someone else. Every gift that you have in your life is not for you. Well, that's a good Christmas story, isn't it? Look at all the gifts under the tree. They're not for you. <laughs> they are they're for you to use to love other people with. Hallelujah. Amen. They're life and peace. The, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Who do, the, the mind controlled by the, the sinful man is death. Well, it's not just death to him. It creates death around him. Why? Because they talk too. How many know that just as many people out there talking bad are leading people astray? Yes. 
right? Well, that's a, that's a sinful mind and it leads to death. It's our job to be life and peace because life is greater than death. Amen? Glory to God. Go to 2 Corinthians 10. So how we think and what our minds do is important, but it's up to us. Right? Notice in the verse where it says, I'm keeping my mind stayed. He who keeps his mind stayed. Your mind is up to you. God's not going to say, you think this way. Because then you don't get transformed. (laughs) That's not transformation. It took no effort on your part if he did that. Then he's got a, a world full of robots that do things just the way he wants them to do. He wants us to do it because we love. The same reason he does things, that's why he wants you to do it. Everything he does is out of love. Therefore, He wants you to do everything the same way. When you come to Him, He wants you to come to Him not because you're afraid of going to hell, but because you saw the love of God. People who see the love of God remain. People who are afraid of hell come and go. It's truth. First time I got saved, <laughs> I was in the Baptist church. <laughs> First time I got saved, <laughs> I only got saved once. Man, I rededicated lots of times. <laughs> I heard a story about a guy that was, didn't go forward. You know, into service, they had an altar call, and he just knew he was supposed to go forward. He didn't go. On his way home, he had a car accident and died. How many have heard that story? <laughs> Man, I went forward. I'm like, ooh, ooh, I could die. (laughs) You know what? That's one reason to get saved, but it ain't going to lead you to the love of God. And you're not going to serve a God like that. Right? You know, when I started serving God is when I found out about the love of God and the goodness of God. And then I wanted other people to know it. So I started serving Him, not to get the reward, I loved him. I loved him. And I wanted other people to know that he not only loves me this way, he loves you this way. And he'll love you this way for all of your life. Glory to God. And he died for you when you were his enemy. He didn't wait to love you once you got cleaned up. He loved you first so that you could have the ability to love. Glory to God. That's what we want to know. Anything else is a wrong thought. There are so many thoughts in this, in this 2 Corinthians 10, in verse 5, it says that we cast down imaginations, thoughts that aren't godly. Not just thoughts about bad about you, thoughts bad about people. Everybody looks at these verses, yeah, I don't want to think, think that I'm not a good person, that I'm not saved, or condemnation, or, or I can't be healed, and I've got to cast all that. Yeah, you need to cast all that down. You need to cast down thoughts of judgment against other people. You need to cast down thoughts that are ungodly, that are unlovely. Right? If you find yourself thinking bad about a circumstance, situation, or person... That's not God's thought. Because when He sees the giant, He sees you bigger than Him. 
That's not God's thought. It says, cast down imaginations and every high thing. This is verse 5, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. And every high thing that exalts itself against what? The knowledge of God. In other words, anything that exalts itself about what you know about God, cast it down. Why do you need to know more about God? So you can get the thoughts right. How does your mind get renewed? The more you know about God, the more you think like God. The more you refuse not to be like Him. Amen? God's thinking good things about you and me while we're doing something stupid. (laughs) Yeah. He he doesn't sit there and look at us and say, oh, they are so stupid. If God ever says that, you're going to be stupid all your life. He doesn't do that. He sees what's in you, just like David. He saw what was in him. It said in Samuel about David, it, it said that God doesn't look at man on an outward appearance. He looks at their heart. He knows what's in you, and He knows what you can do. And by the grace of God, we can do everything that He's given us to do. And He says here, quit thinking the wrong thoughts. Make every thought a God thought. And bring into captivity every thought. What's he say after he said? He said, any, anything, any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity any thought, every thought, to the obedience of the anointed one and his anointing in Christ. In other words, into the obedience of God, into the obedience of his love into the obedience of what God says, what God knows, what, who God is, who God's made you to be. Renewing your mind causes you to react like God. Amen? It says, in having the readiness to revenge all disobedience. In other words, in other words, if it's disobedience, you're getting rid of it. doesn't matter. And then he tells us, do we look at things after the outward appearance? Why is he saying that? Because he's saying, God doesn't. God doesn't look at things. Do you look at things? In other words, stop looking. When we leave here today, every situation that you look at, every circumstance that you find yourself in, don't look at it from an outward appearance. Always Trust God and say, okay, God, show me the situation. Tell me what to do. Make me who you want me to be in this situation. Help me to love through this situation, and I'll be the love of God in the situation. Amen? Because he said, as you'll renew your mind, you can see situations that way. And you won't judge. And you won't push people away. And you won't throw people out. And you won't be the one that casts the first stone. You'll be the one that catches the person falling. Amen? Humbleness of mind. Colossians says, humbleness of mind. Not thinking more of yourself, but thinking by the grace of God who you are and who they can be. Amen? Glory to God. How many in here can be transformed? (laughs) Go stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I want to be transformed in every situation into what God wants me to be. Amen? Transformed. We have the Word of God in us. We have the love of God in us. We have the peace of God in us. Imagine what we can be, what we can become from that caterpillar.
Huh? That caterpillar has everything in it, and they're ugly most of the time. But yet they have everything in them to make a butterfly. Glory to God. <laughs> you got a song? We better sing. Yeah.